3: I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. VTW. Void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on v End, the sports betting network.
4: It is the nightcap here on VEASAN, hour number two, alongside Super Bowl champion Sean King. I am Tim Murray. Got some hockey going on here. Sean is keeping a close eye on. Uh, Thanks again to Jim Root for uh, giving us his thoughts, his favorite two plays, both Kansas and Villanova, under first half, under full game. And uh, to talk about the action and where the money's coming in and how the weekend that was, we bring in our good friend from DraftKings Sportsbook. It is Johnny Avello. Johnny, I want to read you a quote from Derek Stevens when he was on the show on Friday night. He said, quote, we have more people cashing tickets on St. Peter's money line than I think are enrolled in the school. And he also said on Friday night, if you happen to be a crook, it would be a bad day to rob the joints. Uh, that was him on Friday night. Uh, how did you guys fare on Friday uh, with uh, with St. Peter's winning? And it felt like every popular play was uh, was coming on home on Friday night. Yeah,
5: let's talk a little about the, the uh, St. Peter's saga in the tournament. You know, the first game against Kentucky, they're an 18-point dog. Not many people think they're going to win the game. There is a little bit of money on them, but for the most part, that was a good game for us with Kentucky going down. Second game against Murray State, uh, I think at that point that the betters felt like this St. Peter's team can win this game. Uh, I think they were ten, about a 10-point dog in that one, and uh, they cashed at about three, three 3.5-1 to one on that money line. Uh, we lost pretty good on that, and then game number three uh, was a total disaster. Um, yeah, you know they they piled on, they piled on Purdue. And, I mean, on uh, St. Pete's against Purdue, and yeah, we lost our shirt in that game. Now there is a there is something good to talk about out of all of this. St. Peter's is no longer in the tournament because if they would have went on and won the tournament that would have spelt a, a really, really big disaster. So uh, we're happy about at least that part not happening.
4: Yeah, I got to imagine yesterday was uh, was a better day for the books. Uh, and once again, we got tweeted on Friday night, Johnny, uh, from a couple people who are like, we don't care if the house loses. You know, we want them to lose. Like, I understand. I mean, we're friendly with people on that side too. We like you guys, but you guys understand that. But then you see, you know, the plethora of unders that were coming home, which is usually a good thing for you. And then it felt like Miami uh, was a quite popular dog and they don't win or cover. And then St. Peter's got smoked yesterday. So I got to imagine maybe not getting it all back on, from Friday, but yesterday was probably a pretty good result.
5: You know we're big boys. We've been booking games for a long time. We put the money <laughs> lines out there. We put the spreads out there. When we get hammered, we you know that's just the way it is. Over time, this sports book yeah, business that we're in works for us. There are days where we get clobbered, and uh, and you know rightfully so. For the players have to have their days too. There's only a four and a half percent theoretical hold on uh, straight bets so and some money lines are less than that so you know we're there are times when things don't go well we take our lickings, we say okay guys good for you and we try to bounce back the next day or the next week or whatever it is so no no crying here it's just uh <laughs> if you ask us how we did we tell you we got hammered we got hammered well, if we tell you we, we we won we won that day so far the tournament's been very good for us so far
4: and all that being said johnny um, you know, TV executives at Turner probably are, are are dancing on tables still because you've got Coach K final run, and you've got the all-time rivalry against North Carolina meeting on Saturday night. It's the late game. I I have to imagine it's not going to rival you know NFL, but you'll know, give us a guess. A Saturday night at 8:49 in the East, 5:59 here, you know, with all of the states that you're in now at DraftKings, that that's going to obliterate any college basketball handle you guys have ever had, right?
5: I think so. Um, you know, these two teams have never met in the in a Final Four before. Uh, you know, certainly there's the, there's the Duke supporters out there. There's Coach K's last to rot. There's North Carolina. These two teams split this year on each other's home court. The games weren't even close. But, you know, when we talk about basketball rivalries, uh, this is the number one college basketball rivalry um, of all time. So,
4: yeah, and the, and the first game's not bad either Yeah, me. No, not bad at all. Uh, let, let's get to that one. We'll jump back to Duke, North Carolina. We're talking to Johnny Avello, sportsbook director at DK Sportsbook. Uh, just a devastating blow for Villanova. You know, I, I know we talk about point spreads and lines and, and what everything means. That just, as a human aspect, it just sucks to see a, a young man in the final minute of that game go down like Justin Moore. Uh, so what kind of adjustments did you guys make to the line knowing that Justin Moore would be out as the news came out officially uh, with the Achilles tear? So, so how much have you guys adjusted that game knowing that uh, the second leading scorer for Villanova will be out?
5: Well, we thought this game was going to be a little bit closer than, uh, you know, than the, our initial points. We opened up three. We actually thought this game might be one and a half or two. Now we got pushed to four and a half. Now, you know, Justin Moore didn't do much in the last game, but certainly, you know, throughout the season, um, he's just been valuable to this team. I do have one take on this game, Timmy, and we'll see if that comes into fruition, is that, you know, Kaleem Daniels is going to have to step up here. He's going to get more playing time. But, you know, Khalid Daniels is a senior, is actually a transfer from Tulane. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and at one point, you know, he in Tulane, he was like a 17 point a game guy. He's from New Orleans. He'll be playing New Orleans. He's got to step up in New Orleans. So let's see if there's somebody that does take the place of Justin Moore. Um, you know, and and certainly he's going to get more minutes here too. Uh, you know, he when he came to Villanova, he kind of took a back seat, so to speak. He's not quite the scorer he was when he was at Tulane, but at this point, they're going to need all they can get from
4: him. Yeah, and and I'm 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 assuming, you know, Johnny, we talked about this uh, the first hour of the show. I mean, this is going to be the most lopsided game of the weekend. My guess, right? Duke North Carolina. I, I would guess. Pretty split action, maybe a little lean toward Duke. That would be my estimation. But what's the early ticket count? What's the early money? I got to feel it's just been a rush of Jayhawk money, and it may not stop.
5: You are so correct. Uh, So far, uh, not much movement on the total in either game, actually. But the side on Kansas were about 75 to 80% Kansas money to 20% on on Nova. Uh, So you're right. The early action has been all Kansas, and it's – we're going to definitely need Villanova. I, I mean, you want if Villanova was at full strength, I could see them, uh, you know, this game being a 55-45 type of split. But without them being at full strength, uh, I think they're going to just continue to stay on Kansas.
4: We're talking once again to our good friend Johnny Avello from DraftKings Sportsbook Final Four coming up this weekend. All right, back to the Duke and North Carolina game. A high total, especially with the weekend just being a a rush of unders and now you've got Duke and North Carolina, but the last time they played Johnny was 94 to 81 in favor of the Tar Heels. So uh, has it been uh, a pretty steady stream of, of over money so far on that total with Duke UNC? No,
5: not, not yet. Um, You know, I would say the, the money on the total is fairly split at this point and certainly the money on the side split. Tim, you mentioned the one game that went over. Remember, the other game, the, the other matchup went over too. Yep. both times they met this year went over. I think uh, one game was what, 20 points. The other one might have been around 12, 13, I think somewhere in that area, um, you know, as far as, uh, you know, a, a winner. The games weren't close is what I'm trying to get at. Um this game so far, Duke opened up four and a half. We're down to four. When I looked at the money uh, just a little while ago, it was about fifty-two percent. Duke forty-eight, wow. North Carolina. So, both things you said, both games. One is running; the other one is split.
4: So, when you guys look at you, you guys have up, you know, most outstanding player. Uh, just, just full disclosure, as we as we say this is just for the final four. This isn't the entire NCAA tournament. It's Just the final four. MOP. Uh, what what has been the handle on that? I'm curious. Uh, I see it. You guys have it up right now. Uh, Paolo Boncaro is the favorite. Ochai Abaji sitting there at five to one. Uh, so so what have you seen? Have you seen much action on uh, most outstanding player yet?
5: Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, that I can honestly tell you that I haven't seen that thing running on any one person. So at this point, it's. A non-factor. I'm sure that action will continue to pick up during the week, um, but you know, at this point, the action is still is still light.
4: Johnny Avello joining us here uh, on the nightcap and uh, the futures market. How are you guys setting up with Villanova, Kansas, uh, Duke, and UNC? Is there are there is there going to be a, a rooting interest from behind the book of who you guys would rather not see uh, cutting down the nets next Monday night?
5: Well, not as St. Peter's is out of it. Um, you know, uh, Duke is still a, a hazard for us. Duke has been bet pretty good over the last, I'd say, three or four weeks. Um, so Duke's a loser for us. Uh, Kansas is good. Villanova's good. North Carolina is somewhere around a break even or so. So we're not in too bad a spot. We're, we're kind of happy where we're at. Um, you know, having one out of the four not be good, Uh you know, you you don't you look for to be in a spot like that going, and it's it's great if you if all four for good good for you. But remember that you have uh, Duke's last season number yeah. two seed, the Shashovsky deal, and with Kansas, uh, yeah, I'm happy to have Kansas also going for us.
4: He is Johnny Avello. From DraftKings Sports, uh, we always love it, Johnny. Uh, enjoy the title game, and uh, we will be talking to you as we get close to the draft because it never stops. You guys and it got the Masters next week too.
5: Yeah, we're we're loaded up, guys. Things are, nothing's changing. We just keep moving forward.
4: <laughs> there he is. Always love getting the insight from behind the counter with our good friend Johnny Avello from DraftKings Sportsbook. We need some goals for the Kings there, Puck They stink. <laughs> it's a nightcap here on VSEN.
3: They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at thirty thousand feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life.
0: No purchase necessary. VGW revoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Keep it rolling here on the nightcap alongside Sean King. Oh, hey now, you're right. Hey now. <coughs> Ch- choked up.
2: Golly. Uh, it's one of those days, man. It's one of those days. Oh, uh, everything all right? Yeah, everything's good. a need Christmas.
4: <laughs>
2: Get some water. I got diet soda over all there. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's what happens when you try and swallow the pizza instead of eating it properly.
4: Yeah. Uh, Sean was hungry uh, yeah. before the show, so he's been crushing some pizza. Hey, man. We've all been there. Oof. What's going on with the Kings? Uh, Still
2: alive here? 2-1 cracking? They're kind of dominating. <clears throat> Jesus. They're kind of dominating the play, but the uh, Kraken have gotten two. One soft goal, I thought, and then a kind of a lucky goal off a of deflection. What's a lot of time left in that game.
4: Take a sip of that soda. Uh, we're going to get some draft talk here in just a little bit, some movement. I mean, the draft, believe it or not, it's in less than <coughs> four weeks here in, uh, in Las Vegas. I think it's actually a month from today. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start seeing – a lot of movement, a lot of talk. Uh, start to see a little bit of movement uh, with uh, with Trevon Walker uh, as he's kind of been starting to move up those boards. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll get to that in just a little bit. You know, Malik Willis. There are some new odds out. Where could he land? If is there an intriguing bet there? You know, could he be the number two overall pick? Number one. So we'll get into all that stuff uh, in just a little bit. But you know, we've been spending uh, obviously a ton of time on, on what happened this weekend. And you know, and now looking ahead to to the final four. So just to kind of put a bow on things and you know, great stuff from Johnny. I, I do think, and I you know, I'm personally where I sit and I always look, I always tell people, you know, when futures were bought. I, I thought I tweeted them out. So I'm on Villanova. I got them at twenty five yeah. to one back in April. Uh for a good chunk of the year. I thought there was no chance that would be alive. And now here we are in the final four. And then Kansas at 14 to 1. I'll be honest, I don't think, I I would, I'm kind of with your mindset. I think UNC or Duke, the winner of that game.
2: I'm kind of disgusted if UNC was 120 to 1 after selection Sunday, Mm -hmm. but I didn't take a flyer. Just remembering how they played at Cameron, seeing their draw. I mean, the the revision is history. And I, because I I have Duke and Kansas, I don't have Villanova. Yeah, you're fine. I was never putting one on the Uncles. Uh, They're in the final four, aren't they? They are. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just wanted
4: to remind you. They, they won their region. They, they beat Houston, who you thought would win the championship. No,
2: I didn't. I think Houston would win a championship, but I also didn't think Houston would uh go, what was it, one of 19 from three?
4: I think there was some defense involved there. No. Oh, no? No. No, no defense.
2: Got Out of you. those 19 threes, 15 of them were open looks. Mm. They just couldn't hit a shot. Mm. Mm. Okay. They couldn't. Okay. I mean the only reason it was a six-point game because Villanova shot almost as bad. I know.
4: Yeah. It it goes both ways.
2: Yeah, but I mean, come on.
4: Man, you you've been trying to talk smack about Villanova.
2: Let me say who did Villanova beat to get here? Let's I let mean, this is They beat Houston.
4: Right. It, isn't that good? Houston, Better than Houston, Michigan. By the way, Houston, who is number two in Ken Palm, uh, who took out Illinois, took out Arizona. They beat Houston.
2: They beat a 15, a 7, 11, and a 5. Like, they've gotten, like, a cakewalk. And then the 5 shot 1 of 19 from 3. Hold
4: on. Did that 11 beat the team that you thought would win that region, Tennessee? Yeah, Tennessee. I I still don't know how they lost. okay. So, I just want to make sure. So, the team that beat Tennessee Mm -hmm. and that I bet on to do such a thing. Good call. And then they beat. You know, beat them pretty, pretty handily. Just like just this. saying,
2: I'm not. I've not been impressed by Villanova. They're here, so you have to tip your hat to them. But. I mean, you've been trying to talk smack. You said they would be a seven seed.
4: You said they would be. You so let me ask you, you a want question. You wanted to bet under. Now, have you how been everyone?
2: impressed with Villanova in this tournament?
4: Yes. Why? Because they are incredibly efficient. And but they, they
2: weren't were. in the Houston game. Efficient? Yeah, they weren't. They Defensively, shot bad. Yeah, offensively shot bad. Okay. Yeah. But they run the, like it took a they, team shoot going one of nineteen from three, but you, them to win by six but points. But you
4: already said Villanova. Villanova went five of twenty-one. Villanova's a top twenty-three-point shooting team. So you can't say Houston, who by the way is not a very good shooting team. They aren't. Is they aren't
2: one of nineteen bad.
4: Who shot? All right. Who shot worse in the game? You can't shoot worse than one of nineteen. Total. There's if there's three pointers. Which is Houston is a bad three point shooting yeah, team. Yeah, they're terrible. Who shot worse in the game? Uh, from
2: the field, Villanova me, shot worse. Let me look it up. So yeah, by uh, <laughs> Villanova shot twenty eight percent. I'm just Houston shot twenty nine percent. So which one is lower? I mean, two terrible offensive teams out there. Villanova just made their free throws. That's part of I the mean, game. I mean, they won by six and part they went of the what, fifteen or fifteen from the free throw line. I mean. I'm not saying that they don't get to advance. My point was they haven't been. You can't say they haven't. Very been. dominant, in my opinion. You can't like, say they haven't been tested
4: when they beat Houston, I didn't say tested. who everybody was glowing over and gushing over, and the <clears throat> world was on Houston. Houston's going to win this game. You know, yeah, I thought yada, what Kelvin
2: Sampson did with this bunch
4: was without, incredible.
2: Was incredible. I agree. Without his best player the entire year, second best player, him him not being available either. I mean, you saw the limitations of this bunch on offense. So, to even get to the Elite Eight, tremendous job by Coach Sampson.
4: I 100% agree,
2: but, you know. And all I'm saying with Villanova is I still haven't been impressed by them. They're here. How? Because they I They beat Houston. I don't. They, they beat a team in Houston I mean, who, once again, you are, could are, say. Are, are you deaf, blind, or, or stupid? Like, I keep telling you, they won the game cool because they went 15-15 from the free throw line. And they suffocated team, Houston defensively. A team can win a game and you not be impressed by the way they played. Like, that's not like some abstract theory.
4: I, I understand what you're saying. But Houston, everybody was gushing
2: over Houston because what did they do? I was gushing over Houston. Yes, you were. I was high I was on too. Houston and Memphis coming into the tournament. I said they're both better than people think.
4: And I, I agree. And I bet against them against UAB. I bet on them against Arizona, and they won that game. I gushed game over no one in this
2: tournament but Auburn. <laughs> that was the one I gushed over, and they let me down. I didn't even gush over my own Dukies. Well, because there wasn't
4: anything to gush about. They let a bunch of Wofford transfers hit threes after threes, and they've turned it around. And I get listen, Villanova's
2: here, so you tip your hat to Jay Wright, his squad. They've done what it takes. i think they saying, would actually, I haven't been impressed. Delaware, think, Ohio State, who well, I didn't think should even be in the tournament. Michigan, who finally played a Michigan from the regular season caliber game. And, you know, they had played above their heads, you know, previously to that, but they kind of fell back to what we had seen during the regular season. And then they caught Houston on, on a day where they shot 1-19. of 19. And they shot poorly
4: too, but they execute. They don't turn the ball over. They're, they they slow things down. They played their game. and well,
2: Good, good. They're yeah, here. They're, uh, we've I mean, enjoyed on,
4: Villanova. Well, it stinks for them. I mean, because I think if Justin Moore's healthy, I think they can beat Kansas. Deuces. I think they could beat Kansas, but they can't.
2: And I'm not a big Kansas guy either. I don't think Kansas has been overly impressive either.
4: I think if they play like they did in the second
2: half They caught against a Miami. wonderful, wonderful, wonderful half mm-hmm. to this to this final four. No, I agree. And Texas Southern, who I'm convinced that the VEASAN crew here in Vegas could get five together and we could be competitive with Texas Southern because they're as limited on offense as Houston is,
4: they're a 16 seed. I we, know. Can we move on from a 16 seed? Yeah. Seat? Then they
2: caught Creighton, who kind of was a cute story, overachieved. It was cool that a Duke transfer, Alex O'Connell, was playing good, but they weren't on the level, you know, of an elite team. And then, you know, they got a Providence squad. I mean, you've been—I've been hearing all year that Providence is extremely lucky. The metrics don't like Providence, you know. And, and then they get 10-seeded Miami, who finally. Plays like the Miami we saw in the regular season. They had been playing at such a high level coming into that game. The guards have been exceptional taking care of the basketball, creating tempo. They had their role players kind of really understanding and, and locking into what they were you know, in the game to do, and they just kind of got out of whack in the second half and couldn't hold it together. So, you know, hey, Kansas is here too, but I'm not like, oh, you know, they've beaten anyone that I thought was very good. That's why I think – I said all that to say I think the national championship game is actually being played on the other side in the Final Four. It's Duke-North Carolina. Those are the best two teams, in my opinion. You're amazing. Because Duke's earned the right to be here. I agree. Yeah. Michigan State, Texas Tech, Arkansas, under Musselman, was playing good. I mean, they, they earned the right. I mean, North Carolina, too. North Carolina had to go Marquette, Marquette you know, Shaka. Lives in that world where as an underdog, he upsets. They knocked and off number one were... Baylor. UCLA played the game of their life. If not for Bucket, saving that ball out of bounds and that missed three, turning it into a made three, UCLA probably wins. Now, they did get a break with St. Peter's. Yeah. St. I, was say, I, was, I was curious. Saint Peter's wasn't at there. I was curious yeah.
4: what you were going to say there because I was like, "Man, you're spinning everything." You're like, "This team sucks. They suck. They suck." Ooh. No, but, but okay. am,
2: am I wrong? Well, Baylor was short-handed no, I'm talking about in the UCLA game. They, they play if, the game of their lives. No, no. I'm they saying they if Bacot, Bacot doesn't save yeah. that, uh, yeah, I think they lose three. They they lose the game product. They were I'm down, sure. yeah, three at the time. I think.
4: All right, there you go. National Uncle stink. Final four. I'm sorry. Is that is that good? Where did Auburn lose? Oh, that's right. Second (laughs) round.
0: This is the Nightcap on v Send, the sports betting network.
4: The KFC chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it's finger-licking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today. It is the nightcap here on Vsin. We've got the coaches' meetings going on down in uh, Palm Springs, or the NFL, whatever they are. A uh, lot of lot of people meeting down in uh, down in Palm Springs.
2: I heard Matt Rule was getting his groove on on the dance floor.
4: Was he? Yeah. It looked like he was uh, in a class photo uh, when he was when they did that. Awkward, all the NFL head coaches picture. Yeah, yeah, he didn't look. Uh, and then you got like right in the middle is is the suave, you know, Sean McVay, looking sharp.
2: Got that moose in his hair, looking comb good. Over
4: freshly groomed beard. That I just want a Super Bowl look, you know, all that going on. So we're getting closer and closer to the NFL draft, and. I over the next couple of weeks, Sean is gonna gonna be such a great asset for us because he's gonna look at some of these players, give his opinion, and I I think you know it's gonna be interesting, Sean, because some of these players, like Trey Lance, for instance, last year, you know, we weren't hosting the show together, but you had a strong opinion that he got overdrafted, and that's gonna happen. Teams are gonna fall in love, especially with a quarterback. their players can be overdrafted, but I think your evaluation is gonna be so unique and valuable, uh, especially because when you see a player like this guy is you know, rising up boards, I understand why. So it's going to be really great to to get your insights on that as we get closer and closer to the draft. Um, When it comes to Malik Willis, and that's going to be the biggest discussion, maybe not the biggest because who's going to go one is still a little bit of a question, even though it seems more and more like Aiden Hutchinson. Malik Willis, do you still believe... He will, at the end of the day, be the first quarterback selected. I don't know.
2: Yeah,
4: I, I kind of get I that hunch today I think there's a gray too.
2: area that the draft boards look drastically different than what people think. Mm-hmm. Like I'd be, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some draft board, draft boards that didn't have Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett as their number one rated quarterback. You know, I just think it's one of those years where the evaluations are gonna come in completely different regarding the same player. You know, the thing with Malik is some people aren't gonna be able to overlook the fact that he wasn't ever really productive throwing the ball in college. With Kenny Pickett, some people are not gonna be overlooked the fact he only had one big year, even though he played on all four years there. For some people with Sam Howell are gonna fall in love with what he did last year and not worry about the fact that this year they didn't really live up to expectations. Some people with Matt Corral are going to find a way, you know, to convince themselves that, okay, he's the one. So I think even Desmond Ritter, you know, has some supporters. So I I, I, really, I really think this is a wide open, you know, quarterback class. And, and I think the draft boards are very different. I really do.
4: Yeah, I, I think, you know, when it comes down to it, you've heard that there's um, – a lot of love from Pittsburgh when it comes to Malik Willis, but they're picking later in the in the first round. They're, they're hoping for a drop. I, I think the, the biggest wild card of this whole thing is Carolina at six. And, you know, we've got some odds on, on where Malik Willis will go. And I was listening to McShea and, and Kuiper talk about Matt Rule at all these pro days and what he has been doing. He hasn't looked at anyone else, Sean. He has been extensively looking at at these quarterbacks, and I think they're at six. There's a ton of pressure on Matt Rule by his owner, David Tepper, and I think there's a real possibility of an overdraft situation, a la Daniel Jones going to the Giants a couple years ago, and I don't know who that quarterback's going to be. I don't know if it'll be Malik Willis, so at plus 250 when Malik goes to the Panthers, I don't think that's necessarily a great value play uh, when we discuss that. It's funny because for so long I've been feeling Malik Willis is definitely the first quarterback selected. I, I don't feel as confident anymore. I, I feel like there is, like you said, a little bit of gray area. And when he was plus odds, you know, before the combine, I thought it was a great bet. Now he's minus 200. I don't think it's that big of a slam dunk that he's going one because of what you said. I mean, Kenny Pickett had. Incredible numbers was a Heisman finalist in a this better year. conference. In a better conference, went you know led his team to played his best game you a know, versus ACC Clemson championship game. So yep. you know he's had some big moments. And to your point, you know Malik Willis had a better year last year than this year. Now he's aced every part of this this process, <clears> but you know how much does the game tape outweigh the 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 workouts? So that it's going to be really interesting. But what do you think about Carolina at six? They probably shouldn't draft a quarterback, but remember, they don't have a second-round pick this year. You know, they're they're in a really tricky spot. They tried everything to get Deshaun Watson, failed at that. So now you're, do I walk into a dead man walking last year with Sam Darnold? You know, it, it's, well, I think Carolina at six is really, really fascinating. To see here's an
2: interesting do. component to the whole Carolina story. Matt Rule will have recruited some or all of these quarterbacks to college. That's true. Because when he was at Baylor, Sam Howell, Matt Corral, Malik Willis, those kids were all coming out of high school Mm -hmm. at that time. So it'll be interesting what his evaluation of those young men were then and how much that will play into his evaluation of them now. Because at six, you know, barring Detroit, you know, doing something unexpected, at number two, it'd take a trade for a quarterback to go in the top five. Right. Because the Jets and Giants, the Giants have said they're going to go with Daniel Jones and Brian Debo's, uh first year there. Of course, the Jets took Zach Wilson last year in the top five. So Detroit will be the only spot unless somebody trades up. So Carolina will have their choice of most likely all of the quarterbacks available. So it's just going to be fascinating. Uh, I have some stronger opinions about how yeah. I personally rank the quarterbacks as we get closer. Uh, it's a lot going on right now. You know, March Madness kind of <laughs> had, had my emotions. You were giving out and Arkansas money lines, yeah, St. Man. Peters money line. And my squad is and in your, the thick of this. Dookies
4: are playing great. Yeah, so. Uh, this, uh, this from uh, Jonathan Alexander of the Charlotte Observer. Those in the Panthers organization view Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, and Mac Corral as the top quarterbacks. In this draft class, worthy of first round picks, and they have second round grades on other quarterbacks, including UNC's Sam Howell. I think everyone that you talk to, and I'm I'm sure at the end of the day, when we get your full breakdown, you know, within the next couple of weeks before the draft, I, I imagine we'll come to everyone, you'll come to the consensus where Malik Wills, Kenny Pickett, whoever. Is it worthy of a top-ten pick? And you've said before, you don't even think they're necessarily worthy of a first-round pick. Yeah, I don't think
2: there is a quarterback in this class that's worthy, in my opinion, that's worthy of a first-round pick. I just think – and it's it's not only because of the question marks I have for each quarterback. It's also the eliteness at some of the other positions. Right. And in the capacity that I sit right now, I'll continue to say this. To me, the first round is about acquiring elite talent. That's gonna be under team-controlled financial structure five for the next years. four to five years. Yep. And if I take a quarterback that I don't think is worthy of a number one pick, as opposed to taking a cornerback that's gonna start for us for the next four years, or, you know, a, a, a offensive lineman, you know, that's gonna come in and be a Pro Bowl caliber guy, I think I'm letting my organization down. And so I just, I'm not as high on this quarterback class as first round picks. I do think there are quite a few of them that have an opportunity, if they develop properly, to be solid starting quarterbacks eventually down the line. But I don't think there's a savior, a plug and play kind of guy in this group.
4: So Kenny Pickett, as we look at these odds, and I'm going to dive into these a little bit on the other side. Kenny Pickett's plus 250 to be a top 10 pick. Well, there are three spots. Yes.
2: There are three spots Carolina, Atlanta, Atlanta Seattle. Yep. In the top ten. Six, They eight, have nine. obvious quarterback Correct. questions. So, Carolina, and this
4: is just my gut. I, I don't know. Like, in a perfect world, they trade down. They get more assets because they don't have a second-round pick because of the Sam Darnold trade. They don't have a third-round pick because of the C.J. Henderson acquisition. So, they have a first and then a fourth, Sean. Mm-hmm. They have a great pick at six. Get a lot of quality pieces, right? A quality piece, I should say, at six. But... Matt rules entering what? Year 4 or year 3? Whatever it is.
2: We know that there- Bridgewater the first year Sam Darnold the second, yeah, right? So, so year, year 3. three.
4: Right. And we know there's pressure. It's mm-hmm. a new owner. Things aren't going all that well. Sam Darnold trade has not worked out. My uh, We know quarterbacks get overdrafted. I think they I my I think they draft <clears throat> a quarterback at 6. Well, I don't, I don't
2: think they should. I think what you said makes a lot of sense. They probably want to move down. And for that to happen, somebody has to fall in love with Jermaine Johnson, the rush specialist for Florida State, or you know, the offensive tackle from NC State drops and he's sitting there at yep. six, and somebody Hickey that runner. needs an old lineman, you know, wants to come up. Like I think that's the situation that would allow Carolina to move back. I don't think it would be to come up to select a quarterback. The only
4: issue though is if you're trading back and you want a quarterback, what about the Falcons? What about the Seahawks? Do you miss out on your guy? It's gonna be Really interesting to see. But let's look at some of those possible top 10 picks. Any value out there to be had? It's the nightcap here on BC.
0: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.
3: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: This is the Nightcap on v
0: the sports betting network.
4: Game on. Time for the Yingling Pick'em Challenge. Bring the goods during college basketball's biggest tournament. Play for free in eight pools and make winning picks for your share of 40 grand in cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Yingling now to join the action. Yingling, log her up. Bring the goods. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. It is an nightcap here on VSIN. We will be joined in studio by... Sean's a good friend and has become a friend of the show. Colin, Colin. Sherwin yeah. will join us in studio. We'll get his thoughts on the NCAA tournament. Uh, he will join us in studio. I mean, he's got some draft thoughts as well. Um, so we will, uh, we will talk with Colin from DK Nation here uh, in just a little bit. Just to kind of keep the draft discussion going. Once again, a month away, so a lot of moving parts. And, uh, you know, as we talked to Derek on Friday night,
2: that circle doesn't get very involved in the draft. Well, they did
4: heavily last year, yeah. and uh, we had Derek on uh, with his with his wife Nicole that night. And uh, similar to what we saw on uh, on Friday night, it was kind of the tone, <laughs> you know. But I think more so, we think back to Friday night where you know they got the house got absolutely smashed. They're they're okay with that because it's it happens, right? It's you know, as as Johnny told us. Things happen, you know, and we'll be back out there. We've got our power ratings. We believe in them. With the draft, it's it's not, there's no power ratings. It's right. it's all, you know, reading tons and tons of, of source things and what's fake speculation, what's real. So it's it's really hard, and, and bookmakers clearly don't love it. Uh, and we as bettors do love it because it's, it's an opportunity where, I think it's an even playing field, even arguably a, a, an opportunity where maybe even you have an edge on the house, mm-hmm. which is, which is what we saw last year. So, um, you know, it, it's been interesting. And I don't know how much study you've been doing, but the one guy that has just gotten <clears throat> crazy rise lately from is Georgia. Travon Walker. Yeah, yeah, from Georgia. So edge rusher. Um, and he's one of those guys where I think he's, you know, he's a physical freak. He's, you know, 6'5", 272. Look at his odds now at DraftKings. This is crazy. He's now the second favorite now, Aiden Hutchinson remains odds-on, Sean, to w- to be the first pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but he's now the second favorite to be the number one pick in the draft. Iki Aquanu down to twelve to one. Evan Neal at fourteen to one. Your guy, Kayvon Thibodeau, sitting there at twenty-five to one.
2: I don't even think he had a sack this year.
4: So yeah, that's that's had, that's um, the crazy thing about Trevon. He Walker. had
2: six this year. Okay, one last year, two and a half in nineteen. So had his best year statistically.
4: Played on an elite defense, national yeah, actually champs. actually played a lot of
2: tackle, and I think he's projecting as a, a, a rush end with the ability to move inside at the NFL level. So a lot of speculation. I just think when you see a guy that size with that kind of twitch, you know, with that kind of change of direction, explosiveness, I mean, he's just mastered the draft process. He's going to be a great player. But again, if he really converting – the testing to the production, there are some question marks, right?
4: Yeah. So that's, that's been the, the late move or late mover. I should say is, is Walker out of Georgia up to a lot of mocks. He's on a lot of tongues as uh, as the number two draft. And, and sometimes that, that talk is real and sometimes it's speculatory, but he's, there's a lot of people seem to be in agreement that Walker is moving up these boards and uh, could be getting a lot of run there. Um, you know, the wide receivers is interesting, too, because you look at eight at Atlanta, do they go quarterback? Do they, you know, I think for Atlanta at eight, I don't think there's not the same pressure, in my opinion, that Carolina's under that Atlanta feels, right? They they went out, they got Marcus Mariota, kind of a, a placeholder. I feel like Atlanta, entering year two uh, in, in the era there under uh, under their head coach, I feel like, The Falcons, do they go a wide receiver in that spot? Unless they're in love with the quarterback, which they could be. Mm -hmm. I feel like they they don't rush it like Carolina. And I thought the Mariota signing to me was a sign of we're not in love with anybody. Let's just get best player available. So maybe a wide receiver there uh, to get another weapon down there and, you know, to go with Kyle Pitts. Uh, So could be Drake London, could be Garrett Wilson. You know, it, it, I think that's that's a possible way to go there for Atlanta.
2: I think early in this draft, the thing that probably is most prudent is if you think a, t- a team's going wide receiver, just pencil in his wide receiver. <laughs>
4: yeah,
2: because if I think that the quarterback rankings from team to team are going to be very kind of different, then the wide receiver boards are completely different. Oh yeah, like I mean, completely. Because there's probably about seven guys who you know have first round grades and. You know, a lot of people, Drake London. Drake London's coming off of a year where he was injured for almost half the season. He's not the fastest guy. Now, he checks off all the other boxes. You know, Garrett Wilson, you know, uh, Chris um, Olave. Olave, you yep. know. Great receivers were they products of the system. Smaller both smaller in stature. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, they're a guy. Jamison Williams probably would have been the number one, but he won't be available you know, for the next what, about six months, I think he has like yeah, torn, torn, torn ACL. yeah. So you I got mean, the
4: kid from uh, Arkansas, Traylon Trey Burks. Bur- Burks, yeah. So yeah, there, I mean, to your point, there's a ton of wide receivers uh, that could that could go high, and I I think back a couple years ago when Henry Ruggs ended up going ahead of Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb because of that that speed that we saw tested, and I and I do wonder. You know, to my untrained eye, I love Drake London, right? He's he's big. He's a great possession receiver, but he's not explosive. He's not that, you know, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, you know, explosivity type. So when you look at how these, these and Jamison Williams too, but I, I can't imagine he's the first wide receiver off the board, Sean, do you think... The way the game is is moving. Do you think that there's more of a likelihood that a Garrett Wilson goes ahead of Drake London because that's you know that's a betting market out there too. First wide receiver selected. Do you think at the end of the day teams are more enamored by speed than a guy like like you mentioned checks a lot of the boxes but isn't explosive in Drake London?
2: I think teams make mistakes when it comes to running backs and receivers every year. I.e. the Kansas City Chiefs some kind of way selecting Clyde edwards hilaire Yep. Over DeAndre Swift, and more importantly, Jonathan Taylor. Right. The Raiders taking Henry Ruggs over Judy Jerry and Judy and CeeDee Lamb. And I think even in the second round of that draft, wasn't that, or late in the first, wasn't it uh, Pittman that went to Indy, if I'm not mistaken? I Pittman think was, was a second-round
4: pick. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, oh, no, um, Justin Jefferson was Justin that pick. Justin Jefferson, picked. yes. Yeah.
2: So, so I'm saying that to say this. If I just go back and watch the tape, it's hard for you to tell me that there's a better receiver in this draft than David Bell from Purdue. Really? Yeah. Wow. Just on the tape, have we forgotten that he single-handedly beat, I mean, beat Iowa, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State. State? I mean, yeah. come, I mean, and he's done it. So I was looking up; he's done it. Like this year, he had thousand thirty-five yards, seven touchdowns. What he caught eight touchdowns as a uh, he caught eight touchdowns in twenty-seven and nineteen. You know, he's gone for over a thousand twice in his career. I mean, he's been doing this. Like, it's just kind of one of those things. Three years from now, David Bell is going to be a perennial Pro Bowler, and you're going to be like, "Wow!" Like, what were teams thinking about?
4: Yeah, I mean, you haven't heard any buzz about him. He's down at a hundred to one. He won't be the first one, right? He be won't selected. be selected. But yeah, that is, I I agree. I mean, David Bell was was a game changer. Yeah, It was an absolute game changer. You know, it's funny we haven't heard a lot about his teammate. Still, should be a first-round pick, George Karloftis.
2: Yeah, the defensive end.
4: Yeah, the, the process I feel like hasn't has kind of been quiet on him. Uh, a lot more edge, Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State. Who, I mean, if you watch Florida State, who, he's good. Who stunk? He was a difference maker. He's
2: really good. He's
4: really good. And you saw him, you know, the start of the season against Notre Dame. it was like that guy's good. Like mm-hmm. that guy's really good coming off the edge. He's another one of those risers. You see right here. Will he be a top ten pick? Look, I don't want to necessarily lay minus 115, but I think I think because of the importance of, of an edge rusher and the strength of that cl- uh, class, I think Jermaine Johnson has a good chance. I think if a team is sitting there in the top 10, is like, do we trust our board or do we reach? Let's just trust our board. I think Jermaine Johnson has a has a pretty good shot based on the odds now, as you see, to be a first-round pick.
2: Yeah, how about Kenneth Walker? What, he ran sub 4-4, mm-hmm. 40 at his pro day.
4: First wide, uh, first running back selected is Brees Hall minus two fifty, but Kenneth Walker sitting at two to one, yeah. would be the first running back. Select. I, it's not crazy.
2: Not at all, and he just when he just ran, just boosted his stock up even more. He and this is a four, four.
4: This is a you know as as, you might be waiting. I mean, there's no I
2: like I, I Brees, Brees Hall is not up on the list for me at running back. Like I don't think he's better than Spiller. I don't think he's better than Cook, and I definitely don't think he's better than uh, Walker. Walker, yeah. all right?
4: Take a little flyer, maybe, on Walker.
2: I'm still waiting on all these Iowa State uh, All-Americans from last year to show up.
4: (laughs) (laughs) We'll get back to the Final Four. Our thoughts on those games, any bets that we should make. Alan Sherwin will join us in studio next.
0: If you dare.